Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. Now it's time for Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in D.C. on the Sean Hannity Show. All right, he's the most connected man in Washington, D.C., except, are you even here today? Where are you today? Uh, yes, I am in D.C. I'm not over where you are, but uh, I've been watching things going on over there. Sort of interesting. Did you watch my speech? No. I did not see your speech. I saw your interview no. with Rance Priebus, though. Oh, you did? You were watching that? Where were you watching yeah, it? Online? And- yeah, uh, it was interesting. Yeah, on C-SPAN. Yeah, C-SPAN. It was, I mean. it was interesting because you know it's what we've talked about. That yeah. while I don't think it's going to happen personally, it still could happen. There theoretically, there still is the chance to uh, to have a contested or a brokered convention, however you want to call it, that one candidate will not get a majority of delegates. I mean, it's always a theoretical chance. It's interesting because if you go back four years ago, right now, Newt Gingrich was telling you on your TV show, and Sarah Palin was telling you on your TV show, and Rick Santorum was telling you on your show that it would be a good thing to have a brokered convention to stop Mitt Romney. It didn't happen. So we talk about it every four years. And just like we're talking about it now, I still don't think it, it's going to. But the possibility is there, especially if uh, if Kasich can win in Ohio and Rubio can win in Florida and some other things. Uh, there There is the possibility that Donald Trump might not be able to get to the magic number. But, you know, I think there's that's going to be for be- down the way. I think there's a much better chance that Kasich wins Ohio than Rubio winning. And I'm going by poll numbers here. I'm not I'm not giving my opinion, but the polls show that Trump has a pretty healthy lead in Florida, and uh, Kasich uh, is close in Ohio, and I've got to believe that he probably has a great get-out-of-the-vote operation there as the governor, and he did win, what, 84 of 86 counties for re-election, yep. so he's a well-liked governor. Um, you know what's amazing to me? We spend so much time on this program, Jamie, talking about Iowa and New Hampshire and South Carolina and Nevada and Super Tuesday. And, and you know very what? little about all the other states. You know, and this is the amazing thing. Tomorrow we have Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maine, and Nebraska. And, and Nebraska and is we, only for the Democrats tomorrow. Right. Okay. Democrats tomorrow. But I'm, and then I'm, and two days from now we have Maine for the Democrats. Then on four, Sunday, four days Puerto from Rico. now on Tuesday we have Hawaii, Idaho, Michigan, and Mississippi. Now of all the polls that we have, uh, we have big poll numbers. Two new polls came out on Louisiana. Both have Trump up significantly, eighteen and twenty. Yeah, we I have, think he would be the big favorite in Louisiana, Maine, and Kentucky. He has mm-hmm. added a stop Saturday in Wichita uh, to go to Kansas before the caucuses start. In fact, he's skipping uh, CPAC. That's uh, correct. And going for that to reason. Kansas instead. Um, you know, Kansas. Uh, uh, Rubio is there today. Cruz is going to make a stop through there tomorrow as well. I would think that that's probably a little better opportunity for Cruz and or Rubio. It's proportional there, so there's no nobody's going to run away with anything this weekend. Actually, the one state where you do have a chance to run away with it, and it's not a state, is a territory. It's Puerto Rico on Sunday, and Rubio is going down there on Saturday night for a rally. And I would think with Jeb Bush out of the race that Rubio stands a very good chance to get over 50% and win all the delegates. Think of this. There's 23 delegates in Puerto Rico. There were 30 in Iowa. So it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, almost that. That's no, a smart strategy. That's why I was saying that, you know, we pay so much attention. And now when there's so many delegates at stake, you know, most people have no idea. Tomorrow you've got Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, and Maine. And then on four days from now, next Tuesday, you got Hawaii, Idaho, Michigan, Mississippi. Now, of the three states that we have good, legitimate polling numbers in, we've got Louisiana, significant leads for Trump. Yeah. Mississippi, significant lead for Trump. Michigan, uh, between 20, one poll had him at 20 up, another poll 
had him at 10 up. So th- those are the big prizes coming up here. Where do you get Kentucky from? Why do you th- think that leans for Trump? Oh, I think you just look at the makeup of the state. I mean, there's a lot of Appalachian type of counties that would be that I would think would fit right into sort of the Trump uh, wheelhouse in terms of red state areas that are that have been struggling economically. I mean, I would think that's just made to order for him and, and Maine as well. I'm not sure about Kansas, though, which tends to be a little more conservative. Uh, we'll have to see what happens there. Cruz and Rubio have both been trying to win there. All three of them, they're going to be in the Wichita area, which is Sedgwick County, which is a pretty big uh, group of voters. Uh, let's see. Rubio was going in there and also going over to Topeka, the state capital, and going to Overland Park in the Kent City suburbs. So he was making the biggest play at the last minute. In fact, Rubio canceled events in both Louisiana and Kentucky in order to spend a full day in Kansas. Yeah, boy, it's getting testy out there. You know, it, it's very funny. I, I did my speech yesterday, and some of it will air tonight on Hannity. And what I said is I went through this long litany of how bad things are. I went through a litany of what Hillary stands for. I went through a, a litany of how I know how everybody supports this candidate and that candidate. If I had to guess, there were probably more Ted Cruz supporters here than anything else. Trump came in second in the Hannity uh, applause poll, if you will. Uh, Rubio third, and, and Kasich did not get a lot of support here. And as as I look at that, and I see everybody so emotionally involved, I asked the crowd, I said, at the end of the day, if your candidate that you have emotionally invested in doesn't win, are you going to support the person that does win? And everybody stood up with a few exceptions. So yeah, maybe... I think today's speech by Jenny Beth Martin was a good example of one of the Tea Party uh, yeah. leaders in just scorching Donald Trump. And what I found was really interesting where there are two lines of attack that Jenny Beth Martin, who yeah, she is a came on right Cruz, after me. Yeah. You know, she's a big Cruz supporter. Uh, but the lines of attack that she used against Trump today in her CPAC speech, I thought were very interesting. One was on immigration. I think there are a lot of people who aren't who aren't sold on Trump on immigration. And, 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 and then he did a flip flop and then a flip flop afterward last night in the debate on that exact issue on the H-1B visas, where he changed his mind during the debate and then sent out a release right after to change his mind back. And then the issue of Trump University was also brought up by her. And I do think that that issue is starting to get some traction with the major newspapers. Which and one, the Trump University the or the yeah, immigration? Trump University. Yeah. Uh, I, and, and there was a court ruling yesterday in New York that went against Trump. The, uh, the New York Attorney General was on uh, TV this morning saying that basically, you know, Trump is liable for a lot of this stuff. They're going to keep after him on it. So that little stuff, I'm not saying, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that it's bringing him down or anything, but I do think a few things are starting to slow Trump now that the big effort, uh, in part from conservatives, in part from the establishment, in part from outside groups, is beginning to have a little impact. But Trump can peel all that back by winning three states tomorrow, by winning Michigan and Mississippi and maybe Idaho and Hawaii. I mean, before we even get to March 15th, he can rack up a number of delegates, even though a number of these are all proportional, so he can't run away with anything. But he can certainly uh, take another big step on Saturday, on Tuesday of next week as well. You know, I watched the debate. I watched it really, really closely last night. And and certainly blows were landed against Trump. Uh, it, it was not as intense from my perspective as the last two debates. Uh, but certainly you can argue, OK, Trump University came up. The issue of immigration came up. I think his fundamental promise, though, on immigration stays the same, which is he's going to build the wall. He's going to make Mexico pay for it, et cetera. You know, the whole issue with the New York Times, by the way, from a from a standpoint, from the standpoint of, of somebody that's in the news media, don't you respect off the record? You do totally right. If I said to you, Jamie, uh, go off the record for a second, you would respect me. Yeah, I think, though, that in, in this case, uh, Trump is leaving uh, sort of the the predisposition to think that maybe there is something there that doesn't agree with what he's saying in public. 
and mm -hmm. he's the one that can release that. All he's got to do is give the high sign on that, and that also was picked up. Yeah, by but Jenny the point Beth is Martin this: the New York Times, well. the New York Times went off the record with him, and then told everybody what was off the record. And every candidate, I mean, if they, you can't have that trust, it shows what a sleazy. Well, I don't go off the record. Organization. So that's the first thing I don't do. Is I never do it. I always love when yeah, I get know. emails from organizations that. But listen, tell I've, me I've gone off, off the record. record. I, I've given off the record comments, and with one exception, everybody has respected that. But the idea that when you have, if you have any integrity as a journalist, and I'm a talk show host, I'm not a journalist, but if somebody says and you agree to something being off the record, then whatever you say, you don't leak and say, "Oh, there's a tape of him saying something else," because you just revealed what was off the record. Oh yeah, you're absolutely I right on that. I, I agree. I think that Trump, though, left everybody with the thought that he did say something different behind the scenes. And that's why you saw Cruz and Rubio pick up on it no, so I, much. I, listen, I don't blame them. I mean, anything's fair game in a political contest. I am stunned at the lack of integrity at the New York Times, although I really shouldn't be. Anyway, now, uh, look, Hillary, we've got now this Brian Pagliano guy that had pled the fifth. He's the one that built the server, the private server for Hillary Clinton. And what's fascinating to me is you're not getting a lot of media coverage. And I know that a lot of the coverage is being absorbed by the the process and what's going on with the presidential race. But I think this is huge and significant because he pled the fifth. They offered him immunity and they didn't offer him immunity, not knowing what he might tell them. There's usually an, an understanding between prosecutors and a defense team what it is that they're going to get from a person before they get an immunity deal. That means that this guy is going to tell them everything. And that means and seems to me that this is moving much, much faster at a much higher level and is far more severe than anybody in the Clinton campaign has ever let on. Well, as we talked about yesterday, I think this shows that uh, they're probably at a grand jury uh, level at this point in time. I don't know that for sure, but it would seem like that they wouldn't do this if they're just poking around or something like that. And again, this is uh, could be a very serious situation for Hillary Clinton. Then again, her record over the years is surviving these types of investigations. So I offer that again as a, you know, raise that flag just in case because you can't depend on something happening this year. But certainly, again, the letters FBI, the investigation that's obviously going on, you don't give people immunity for nothing. They are certainly looking at this in a serious way. What is the feeling that you're getting? Now, I've went through a number of scenarios with people today. This whole idea of Mitt Romney suggesting, you know, a, he laid out a path for a brokered convention. He's saying, all right, vote for Vote for John Kasich in Ohio. Vote for Marco Rubio in Florida. Vote for Ted Cruz in states that you think Ted Cruz will be able to take from Donald Trump. Now, imagine that at the end of this process, say Donald Trump or candidate A doesn't get to 1237, the magic number. Or it doesn't matter who it is. It's candidate A doesn't get there. Now, candidate B, C, and D are, are vying on the convention floor. Now, if the person that has the most delegates didn't get to 1237 because the strategy was employed by the establishment and others, perhaps, meaning the cons some conservatives that support Ted Cruz, although I don't see that at all. Ted Cruz actually warned against a brokered convention, said it was a bad idea and a potential political catastrophe. But if they do that and after the first round of voting and, and when a lot of these delegates get freed up to vote for anybody they it want. It would be wide open at that point. Right. So if you get to that point and the person that had the most delegates because the strategy that the, that the establishment and others perhaps are putting together works, don't you think that the person that lost, that was in the lead, that their supporters, that there's going to be a, a full-on revolt come the general election? Isn't that a disastrous strategy from every standpoint? Well, it standpoint? could be. Then again, that's what Ronald Reagan did in 76. 
if you think about it. He mm -hmm. was trying to upend Gerald Ford at that point in time. Uh, I think, if I remember correctly, they got to the convention uh, Ford did without having secured a majority. And Reagan, didn't he pick uh, Governor Schweikert of Pennsylvania, if I remember correctly, to be his running mate? He was very, very close. He they tried a big battle on exactly that, and some argued that it was going to destroy the Republican Party at the time. Jimmy Carter did win in the fall, and then four years later, Reagan came in and took over and won but the nomination. the only difference was that the person that had the lead won and won in early voting. Remember? I think there was one sure. or two. Right. Sure, so. but uh, listen, it's, it's just like, I would put it, uh, it's sort of like in baseball. You don't score a run if you get to third. Uh, well, it's the same thing. you got to get to a majority. I don't think we're going to have a contested convention, but if you have a situation where uh, Kasich wins uh, and, and Rubio wins, we could well be headed toward that. I'm not sure that it says anything bad uh, about Trump other than he has the chance to win both of those states. He can put this nomination away on the 15th if he wins those two states. I, I think pretty much it would be done and over with. So I think Ohio's going to be tough, though. I think Ohio's tough because you have a popular... Frankly, I think Florida's going to get a lot closer. I think those polls showing you 20 are, I think are just not there. Right. I think if, if I had to guess based on my gut instincts, probably the number's closer to 10 plus Trump. The most important thing for Rubio is to, to mount a big effort down in Dade and in Broward counties.